the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, the Supreme Court just overturned affirmative action, saying that race should not be a factor for admission into colleges and universities. Hmm. The reaction has been swift and, as you might imagine, polarizing. We're going to discuss it. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Let me start with the statement of one of the most dramatic speakers in America today, Chuck Schumer. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the Democrat from New York, denounced the Supreme Court's ruling to ban affirmative action in college admission decisions, calling the move, quote, a giant roadblock to achieving racial justice. Here's his quote. The consequences of this decision will be felt immediately and across the country as students of color will face an admission cycle next year with fewer opportunities to attend the same colleges and universities than their parents and older siblings. These negative consequences could continue for generations as the historic harms of exclusion and discrimination in education and society are exacerbated. Really? That's what happened? Well, let's get deeper into it. But first, there's another decision that you can make to take care of yourself. And it starts by going to GenuCell.com and finding out about the wonderful products that GenuCell makes for your skin, especially during the summer when there are all these things like the heat and the sun and, and parched skin and all of that that make it very difficult to keep your skin healthy. Well, GenuCell's got a beautifully curated summer package that is something you want to get your hands on. So go to GenuCell.com slash Michelle with one L. So you've got um, GenuCell's curated summer essentials package. It's a limited edition package that includes their one-of-a-kind Ultra Retinol Super Moisturizer that uses a powerful plant extract alternative to retinol. So it's got no harsh side effects and it's perfectly safe to use in the summer sun. Plus, you'll get Genucel's classic skincare therapy for under eye bags and puffiness. And one of my favorites, their concentrated vitamin C serum to nourish your skin for a visibly clear and glowing complexion. Go to GenuCell.com slash Michelle and get your GenuCell Summer Essentials Package. Do it right now. And just for the summer, every subscription order includes a customized summer spa gift box absolutely free. Order now and every summer package includes GenuCell's immediate effects also free. And with its immediate effects, results are guaranteed in 12 hours or less or your money back. Nothing to lose there. Don't wait. Genucel.com slash Michelle. Remember, it's one L in Michelle. M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Genucel.com slash Michelle. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Michelle. So this was a, I think, an anticipated decision by the Supreme Court. When I met with my son's high school counselor several months ago, he 
believed in his gut that affirmative action would be overturned by the Supreme Court. It's not a real shock that this happened in this day and age. Nine states already had banned affirmative action, California being one of them. And that's one of the most liberal states in the union. And the UC system um, took race out of its application process. And yet Chuck Schumer thinks this is like the end of civilization. Um, I think, as usual, he's using hyperbole. The Supreme Court, I'm going to read this from the National Review. The Supreme Court ruled that race-conscious admission policies of Harvard University and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. So what the Supreme Court did is they looked at the Constitution and they said, so is checking a box about your race does that comply with what the Constitution says is equal protection? And anyone would have to say, no, that doesn't. And your race shouldn't matter. Now, where the universities differ, and let's remember Harvard's private, UNC is public. Both schools take federal funding. I don't know why Harvard needs federal funding, but that's a story for another day. The Harvard and UNC admissions programs cannot be reconciled with the guarantees of the Equal Protection Clause. Both programs lack sufficiently focused and measurable objectives warranting the use of race, unavoidably employ race in a negative manner, involve racial stereotyping, and lack meaningful endpoints. We have never permitted admissions programs to work in that way, and we will not do so today. That's from Chief Justice John Roberts writing for the six uh, justice majority. So it was a six to three decision. And basically it was <laughs> right as divided as you might guess. However, here's the however. And, and again, I just go back to my own experience of, of meeting with my son's college admissions counselor. Universities may still consider an applicant's discussion of how race affected his or her life, be it through discrimination, inspiration, or otherwise. So essays seem to be the big, big factor in your college application, I'm told, these days, because many schools are no longer using the SAT or the ACT scores. They are really relying on the essays to determine if that kid belongs in their incoming class or not. So you can get around this checking of the box by starting your essay with, I, Michelle Tafoya, am a second-generation Hispanic American, and watching my dad struggle being called a wetback and such as a kid was really instrumental in how I developed my worldview. I, that was purely off the top of my head. But this is a way that kids can distinguish their experiences in life. So it's not just check the box, hey... I'm, you know, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 
800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. But write about it in a way that is compelling. So there's way around it, number one. Chief Justice Roberts clarified that this does not mean universities can simply establish through application essays or other means the regime declared unlawful by the court. It means, explained Roberts, the student must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual, not on the basis of race. You're an individual. You may be very proud of your race, and that is okay. That's wonderful. You may be proud that you're a female. Whatever. Write about it. The liberal justices dissented in both cases. Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson only took part in the UNC case as she had been on Harvard's board of overseers. So she recused herself from the Harvard case. Justice Sotomayor wrote that the majority, quote, cements a superficial rule of colorblindness as a constitutional principle in an endemically segregated society where race has always mattered and continues to matter. Again, cements a superficial rule of colorblindness. I'm just kind of trying to figure out why that that's a superficial rule. And they're saying they cement it as a constitutional principle in an endemically segregated society where race has always mattered and continues to matter. So these cases were filed back in 2014 uh, against by students for fair admissions. And that group was led by conservative activist Edward Bloom, who contended that the existing precedent on affirmative action ought to be overruled and the race-conscious admissions of Harvard and University of North Carolina be invalidated. Really what you're doing on a college admissions thing is you're checking a box. You're saying my identity is this race and so forth. And some Asian students were being discriminated against. They felt like they were, some of the universities felt they were overrepresented and other races were underrepresented. While Roberts did not explicitly, while Roberts did not explicitly say that Grutter versus Bollinger was overruled, Justice Thomas wrote in a concurring opinion that the precedent is for all intents and purposes overruled. In the Harvard case, uh, it was claimed that the university discriminates against Asian Americans, explaining that they are less likely to receive offers than students of other races who are similarly qualified. The group argued that Harvard violated Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, which bars entities that receive federal funding from discriminating on the basis of race. Title VI of the Civil Rights Act says if you get federal funding, you cannot discriminate on the basis of race. Therefore, I mean, if that's pretty basic. The Civil Rights Act says you can't discriminate based on race. So then why would you have people check a box about their race? Right there, you're asking people to pay attention to race, to make decisions based on one's race. 
Okay. In the other case, it was claimed that the University of North Carolina discriminated on the basis of race, even though it could have achieved diversity by other means. Since UNC is a public university, the group said UNC's admission policy violated the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. In both cases, the lower court judges ruled for the universities, upholding their respective admission policies. Judge Allison Burroughs ruled that Harvard did not intentionally discriminate against Asian Americans and was affirmed by the First Circuit in appeal. Judge Loretta Biggs explained that University of North Carolina only uses race as a plus factor in admissions and that the university does not have any other practical alternatives. This goes on. Uh, but the reactions, as you might guess, have been swift, steady, and as polarizing as you might guess. Some people think this is the end of the world, that d students of color are going to not have the same opportunities. Uh, I, I'm trying to make sense of that. I'm, I'm trying to make sense of this idea that if you don't check that box, that your application is now going to be looked at differently and you won't get the same opportunities. John, you and I were discussing this a little bit before we started recording and you, you made a really interesting, you, you presented an interesting question. What, what was it that you said? I'd like to know from the people who are howling and screaming about how bad this is, whether they believe, and I don't expect an honest answer. I, I honestly don't, but whether they believe that this means that black students will not be represented at these prestigious schools because of discrimination by the people who admit people to schools or because the folks who are howling have no confidence that they can, no matter what, under any circumstances, ever compete and ever up their game and get to the level of, say, Asian Americans. I love I love was it uh, it was Sotomayor's statement that says race matters. It always has mattered and it still continues to matter. Let's keep in mind here that race is a social construct. We are all humans. You could you could take an organ out of one of us from one ethnic group and put it into somebody from another ethnic group. Race is a social construct. We are all human beings. And she says race matters. Well, I guess if you want to go down that road, yeah, it matters to Asians who can perform and perform and perform, put in effort, put in effort and not get the same benefits that someone otherwise might. And if it's a matter of comparing their past and, and basing it on that, which it kind of seems like they basically want to do with everybody is simply whose past, whose, whose historical past is worse. Whose is more, you know, more oppressed. And I'm sorry, but a lot of Asian Americans are here first, second, third generation. They come from places that were some bizarre combination of military dictatorship, uh, Marxian utopia. Uh, these people have just as much reason to complain about their past as anybody. They come here and they perform and they're getting the shaft through these policies. Someone should remind Sotomayor in, in her framework. Yes, race matters and Asians are getting the shaft. Yeah, there are some startling numbers about that as it pertained to Harvard. And I, I mentioned earlier that there have been nine states who have banned this on their, their applications in their state universities, California being one of them. And so one of the things that California tried to do was, all right, we won't look at race. We'll look at, you know, household income of these students. But there were there were twice as many white households with you know, under $50,000 per year incomes as there were any other race. So if you were just looking at, you know, household income, 
that that didn't help because you still had a majority of those households being white um, or non-Hispanic white, however you want it. That's one of the things I start shaking my head when I'm reading these and I'm reading about all the different boxes one can check that, you know, there's a non-Hispanic white, there's a Hispanic white, there's, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think people, and, and we've seen in popularity polls for whatever it's worth to you, that most people think race should not be a factor in whether or not you are admitted to a college. Um, that your merit should matter. And if you don't think that people of color can achieve the same merit, can score well on tests, can I, th- that I don't understand. Why would you suggest to a whole body of, of people of color, and again, John submits that it's a social construct, but it, 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 these groups, why would you suggest to them you can't clear the same hurdle that that whites can? And by the way, not every white can clear every hurdle either. And so, yes, there has been discrimination in this country. There's been discrimination all over the world. There is still discrimination all over the world. Newsflash to the mayor of Miami. There's this group called the Uyghurs. They're a religious ethnic group in China that are being destroyed. Not Weebles, Mr. Mayor, Uyghurs. There are people all over the world who continue to be the subject of oppression, racism, discrimination, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I think every human being is capable of what they're capable of. I would not be able to get into an MIT engineering program. If I worked really hard, I could probably get into a med school, but I have no desire to. And I'm not even sure I could, quite frankly. That stuff is kind of over my head. Um, you know, there's just certain things I can't do. But if I really wanted to, maybe if I put my mind to it, and, and that's what I was raised to believe in my Hispanic household. I'm not sure how else to describe myself. Uh, people have called me brown. Okay, that's fine, whatever. I don't look that brown, but maybe by the end of the summer. The idea was your education comes first. My dad was one of 11 kids from a place called Monticello, New Mexico. They moved into San Francisco when he was young. He was the only kid out of his 11, the 11 kids in his family who went to college. Why? Well, some teachers saw some promise in him, but there was no affirmative action back then. He got into the University of California, Berkeley, and became an engineer. My mom was dirt poor, white, Irish, and German girl. She also went to the University of California, Berkeley. She was the only one of her three siblings that went to college. So, and then they met and they had four kids. And we were not, the four of us were not equal. My sister, my oldest sister was what we called a brainiac. You know, she graduated from Cal Berkeley, summa cum laude in economics. I could never have done that. But it wasn't because... I was lesser than, it was just different. We were from the same genetic pool. So to suggest to people that the, the, the pigment of their skin 
makes them less able to achieve something in life. Who's the racist? Why would you tell someone that? You can say that there's been racism. You can also say that racism has been overcome by many. Now, I know that's not the world we're living in right now. It's all about oppression and oppressors and, you know, 9,000 genders and, you know, everyone's a victim. We have the victim Olympics every single day. But the bottom line is we can acknowledge our past and we can look at racism and we can work like hell to get rid of it. But if you're an individual in this world, you get to decide how you approach your life. And yeah, you can be born in a crappy zip code like Richard Sherman, the NFL defensive back, and still get to Stanford. Now, he got there playing football, but he was a damn smart kid because his mom said, you don't play football unless you keep your grades up. Anecdotal? Sure. But I've got a million of them, so we can sit down and talk about it. But to suggest, to to take this stance that you must rely on your race or your gender to get into college, and I tell I know a bunch of these judges probably have been helped by affirmative action. But there's a time in history when problems get resolved. And so we can sort of move past. But the grievance industry doesn't want us to do that. It's just like talking to, as as we did for this podcast, talk to gay activists who said, you know, we fought for and got what we wanted. We wanted to be married. We wanted to have protections at work. We wanted to have families. We wanted to be in the church. We wanted to be serving the military openly. And we got those things. And now our movement has been hijacked by people who have other grievances. And, you know, you it's it's it does feel like an industry, like a grievance industry. Like the only way you're going to get somewhere is if you prove that you're a victim of something. And then we'll say, oh, come on in. You know, and 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 we'll let you in. I'm going tr- train of thought here because this is all brand new, but I have long thought affirmative action be, should be overturned. And John, I know you agree with that, and we might have different reasons for agreeing with it, but you agree with it. I would think we both appreciate merit and while we also i want to see everybody of every color be successful i mean there, there, it, there is no payoff for somebody else for an individual of any color to live a life of non-success and misery that that doesn't make anybody's life better it's, it'd be better for all of us if everybody achieves success but getting rid of merit is not a fair or a just way to do it like like we've said uh this is affecting asians uh to the greatest degree uh, it's funny, too, because these same folks, they make the case that these, that, you know, we, we are existing within a, a a white supremacist space. I believe that's the preferred nomenclature these days. We're in a white supremacist system. Somehow everything went awry and our white supremacist system has now elevated Asians. I guess if we went just by merit, the white supremacist system puts Asians on top, which blows apart the whole argument that what we have or what we're living in is a white supremacist system. I'm sorry, merit means that there's going to be certain things that certain cultures and certain people just don't excel at. It it wouldn't be reasonable to expect, you know, 
uh, even representation from the south side of Chicago in the Iditarod, would it? That wouldn't, you wouldn't reasonably <laughs> expect that. That wouldn't make any sense. I'm not aware of a whole large constituency of, you know, uh, uh, black figure skaters out there who, who are, are being boxed out of the figure skating realm, you know, as it were. People are different. They make different choices based on the cultures they come from. That's that's just the way it is. That's not an injustice. That's just people making their individual decisions. And these people who are who are they love diversity at these universities. They love it. I don't think you get actual diversity without letting people make their own decisions. I like to think of New Orleans as a diverse place where you get all kinds of stuff. If you hadn't had the French being the French, if you hadn't had the Spanish being the Spanish, if you didn't have the natives being the natives and the Brits being the Brits, if you didn't have everybody coming from a different place where they were being themselves and not not instituting some blanket diversity mandate, you wouldn't have all those unique elements. You need to have individual people making their own decisions and developing an individual culture in order to ever get anything like diversity. So all that to say... All this benefits Shelby Steele wrote about it in, in white guilt. These affirmative action benefits the universities. That's who gets the benefit. They can point at their, their student body and they can virtue signal about how great they are because they've let all these students in who might not otherwise have made it in based on merit. It's for the universities. It, I, I don't see it as a compassionate or, or a caring thing to put people in schools that they can't actually meet the standards to get in. Okay. We see higher rates of people washing out in those schools. Plus, by putting them in there, you are, by definition, taking somebody else who might have made it based on their scores and saying, you can't come in based on your scores. You have a much higher standard to meet because of your skin color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of those are, are I, I love that New Orleans point you just made and the Iditarod one. But <laughs> The bottom line is whatever happened to merit. We started displacing merit with other things as though merit can't be achieved by everyone. And I firmly disagree with that. I firmly disagree with that. And if we really want to start to make education more equitable, if you will, then we need to start serving our inner city schools better. And we need to start giving every parent in America, every single one, a choice of where they can educate their kids and let kids of all backgrounds go to the school of their choice and and make it make it competitive. Hell, you've got all these Ivy League schools and Cal Berkeley and Stanford competitive as hell, which is why everyone wants to go there. They can't let everyone in. And so you have choices you have to make. You have standards. You have to make sure that the kids that are attending your school can can thrive. But that starts at a much younger age. And so let's make all school competitive. Let's make it so that every neighborhood, every zip code, every county has competition for students and raise the bar there and then see what happens to merit. Damn it. I am so tired of people telling other people they can't achieve something because of their skin color. Yeah, there's racism. Yeah, there's sexism. Yeah, there's all of it. I don't believe it's widespread like people believe. I think 
I think it is a construct. And I think that by having a grievance-based society, we continue this and we don't need to do that. We need to empower. We need to give our kids hope and we need to prove to them by letting them prove to themselves that they're capable of anything they, they want. Now, that doesn't mean every kid's going to the NBA. That doesn't mean every kid's going to win an Oscar. That doesn't mean every kid's going to be president. That doesn't mean every kid's going to Harvard. It's, it's, it's not enough room on the podium for everyone to be everywhere. But each kid is an individual. Let them excel when they can and want to and believe in themselves to do that. And you don't need to tick a box in order to help. I'm Michelle Tafoya. As always, be brave and do good. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.